Hello, I am Rabbi Moshe Schwab, and I'm glad you could be here with us today. This is the accompanying teaching for the Torah portion by Yitzay. And, um, and the name of this teaching is Nothing Matters More Than God. How true that is. First of all, God's light shines from the heavens. People have their back turned away from God and are religious about their own ideas. In this portion, God speaks to Yaakov in a dream, promises his descendants the land in Canaan, and that the whole earth be blessed through him. He names the place where God met him, Beit El, which means house of God. God has been speaking to mankind since the fall of Adam and Eve and trying to help mankind to return to him. In our day and time, some seek God, but others have turned their back on God. When we do a Torah procession, uh, the practice is for everyone to face the Torah scroll as it moves around the room. You know, we don't want to turn our back on God or His Word. And the Torah scroll is, is God's Word. Of course, it is just a ritual and not a binding commandment. Since I never want to turn my back on God, I face the scroll and am very careful careful to do that. Some just do it mindlessly. Isn't that how some people take their relationship with God? They put a, minim a minimum of effort into it. Years ago, I would put my one hour a week in going to church, and it, I'd often think there's got to be more than this to our relationship with God. Well, guess what? We are to be mindful to follow God every moment of the day and not just one hour a week. And it's not a chore, it's a pleasure. We understand that God's commandments in the Old Testament portion give us wisdom and understanding. Deuteronomy 4.6 They prolong life. Deuteronomy 6.13 And they are good. Deuteronomy 10.13 Deuteronomy we also need to watch out that we don't have an evil heart, so we lose those benefits. Hebrews 3.12 says, Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. I had an interesting conversation with someone recently. We were talking about rebuke, rebuking wrong thoughts. I said that rebuking to me means the thought that I was having is not my thought. I will never ever do that, and I am not going to think about that. What does never thinking about sinning or committing sin mean to you? Do you have something you say to yourself? Perhaps you say, no, I am never going to do that. Or uh, something else, perhaps, is, is if something comes to my mind that is wrong, I am going to rebuke that. Or, how about stop it? Go away in the name of Yeshua Messiah. Uh, another thing, God will help me overcome. I have no excuse. There is no temptation has overtaken you, except such as common to man, but God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape. 1 Corinthians 10.13 It's not a bad idea to know scriptures that you can bring to memory when you're facing situations. 
Another thing perhaps you, you think about, you say to yourself, I will make no excuse to sin. I am not going to make an excuse. Sure, said. Perhaps this is what he said to himself, I don't know. He says, casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of the Messiah. 2 Corinthians 10.5 now, don't confuse doing what is right with not believing you are forgiven of your sin. It says in Romans 8.1, There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in the Messiah Yeshua, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. If you have confessed your sin and are committed not to do it again, you are forgiven. <coughs> it says in... in uh, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When, when you are committed to following God's commandments and also being led by the Holy Spirit, you are not under judgment. You are not under condemnation. The flesh that he's talking about is not following God's commandments. Also, the flesh is not it is not to wrongly follow misapplied man-made commandments. Remember, a ritual is part of life, and as long as we, we don't make a man-made ritual in the commandment of God, it should be okay. It's not okay, not okay to do weird rituals, pagan rituals, or any ungodly ritual, of course. Uh, also, saying we can't do something can be a misapplied man-made commandment. The issue being talked about in Romans 8 also has to do with fleshy man-made commandments because that was a problem back then. Instead, we are to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us in insignificant matters. We are absolutely to keep God's commandments. That is non-negotiable. Uh, perhaps you have something to say to yourself when you are tempted, like one of the things we just talked about. We may go through testing times, but God does not tempt us with evil. And Yaakov says in, in uh, James 1, beginning in uh, verse 13, going through 16, <clears throat> he says, no, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by, tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. He says, Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. When we begin to accept sin into our lives, it brings spiritual death. We need to have a pure heart, the Bible says. Yeshua said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I want to have a pure heart. I want eternal life with a good and loving God. It will be absolutely awesome. Have a pure heart. People often follow their own made-up beliefs religiously without lining up their thoughts with the Bible. Some say there are only two commandments, and they have to make up how they're going to live 
God is big enough to give us more direction than that. That's why we have, we have a couple hundred commandments in the Old Testament, Testament portion that we need to learn to apply. Most of the Old Testament portion commandments are for the priests. Some say they are, are, the commandments in the Old Testament portion are too hard to keep. The ones that say that, that keeping God, God's commandments are hard, are just making that up. The Bible says that God's commandments are not too hard to keep. It says in Deuteronomy 30.11, For this mitzvah which I am giving you today is not too hard for you. I've heard there are some two million laws in the United States. So what's the problem with a couple hundred laws in the Old Testament portion and 1,050, some 1,050 New Testament laws? The New Testament laws are proper, proper application to the Old Testament laws. And we've been taught false doctrine that we, that we religiously hold on to. A lot of people religiously hold on to this false doctrine. You know, people fight for what they, they know not. Guard your heart with God's truth. Don't be so quick to allow yourself to get involved with things of the world and not the things of God. There are so many things we hold on to that have nothing to do with God. Even in medicine, someone will come up with a theory and, and then it will be disproved, but then people hold on to that false theory anyways. People do, do that with theology too. Years ago, they didn't have much archaeological proof for what happened in the Bible, but now we have abundant proof. Some of the people that learned that old information haven't updated their thinking with more recent information. For example, they say, we have no pr proof that King David existed, but now we have found actual archaeological evidence he existed. All the ridiculous speculation about not having proof years ago created questions that didn't need to be made. And some people don't keep up with the times theologically or, or biblically. And they, they, they hang on to old information. <clears throat> don't strive over things that are not profitable. Shaul said in 2 Timothy 2, 14-15, Remind them, of these things, charging them before the Lord not to strive about words to no profit, to the ruin of the hearers. Be diligent to present yourself approved, approved to God, a work, worker who does not need to be ashamed. You name it, people can make an issue out of almost anything. Stop fighting over things that don't profit us spiritually and follow God and keep his commandments. God is not blind. He knows if you have a worldly heart in areas of your life. So change. For example, recently it's come, it's come to be known that, uh, that the Greek text actually came from a Hebrew text. And uh, it's even uh, Jerome uh, cites the Hebrew text and says that the, Hebrew t the Greek text needs to be... Uh, fixed. And so years ago they used to use the Hebrew text of the scriptures to help with the Greek text. But now people are saying, no, the Hebrew scriptures aren't worth anything. And But uh, it's been shown that the Hebrew text uh, is actually more accurate. Because the church followers, they quote 
from the Hebrew text, so we know what know what they should say, and the Hebrew, Greek text does not say some of these things. So, you know, people are making an issue out of nothing, and for the most part, it doesn't change much. So, um, that's the crazy thing about it. They're just they're just making an issue out of nothing, um, and they're and they're they're really messing up people on this because you know we're finding out some great things from the Hebrew text, and then they say, oh no no, no we don't want. It. So they're just creating fights, you know, when they shouldn't be. Proverbs five twenty one says, Adonai is watching man's ways; he surve surveys all his paths. So notice how Shul says that striving over things can cause problems. Things don't seem to change, do they? People are still making up issues. Don't confuse worldly issues with following God. Search your heart and be ready to change how you are thinking so you do what is right. Make the effort. What's most important in your life? Your attitude or God? We talked a little about this earlier. Do you, do you know there are some people who don't want to be fully committed to God or to truth? Yeah, I have a believing Jewish friend of mine that asked an Orthodox Jew, if he found out that Yeshua was the real Messiah, would he accept him? He answered no. He obviously has some major, major confusion of issues in his mind. This Orthodox Jew would rather go to the Lake of Fire than believe in his Messiah. That is messed up. Also, I have been around people who have to fight you on every little thing, and, is an and it is exhausting. I have been around people that if you say something they don't like, they will correct you or even lash out at you or lash out behind your back. They would even do this, even if it was what you were saying wasn't directed at them. You know, we don't need to take issue on every little non-sinful thing. You know, did, Yeshua is the greatest Jew who ever lived, and he is the Messiah. So we'd better listen to him. Nathaniel believed in Yeshua just because Yeshua knew what he was doing at some time in the past. Yeshua can also reveal himself to you in a way that you will know who he is. Perhaps Nathaniel was sitting under a fig tree committing his life to God. Uh, that thought is exciting to me. Nathaniel answered and said to Yeshua, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said to you, I saw you under, a, under the fig tree. Do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, Hereafter you shall see the heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. John 1, 49-51 Seeing the angels of God like that must have been quite a sight. In our portion today, Yaakov also had a vision like Nathaniel. Yeshua is the Messiah, and sometime in the future, he will judge mankind. Yeshua said, The Son of Man will send forth his angels, and they collect out of the kingdom all the things that cause people to sin, and all the people who are far from the Torah. That's what it says. And they will throw them into the fiery furnace where people will wail and grind their teeth. And the righteous will shine forth like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Whoever has ears, let him hear. Matthew 13, 41 through 43 in the complete Jewish Bible. There is a different kind of world coming. Thank you, God.
We'd better have ears to listen. God is great. Seek Him first. Nothing matters more than our relationship with God. God is the Creator and knows what's best for us. I'm relying on a future without selfish ambition and worthless contention. It amazes me how relevant the scriptures can be. Yeshua told us, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, righteousness and, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worthy about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Matthew 6:33 and 34. There's going to be troubles, Yeshua said. But what's important? Seek God, seek his future kingdom, and do what is right. Righteousness means to actually do what is right. You know, there are people out there that say, oh, I'm right in, you know, no matter what, without doing what is right. You know, it doesn't even make sense, does it? <laughs> uh, we can get sidetracked spiritually in, multi in a multiplicity of ways. I don't know if you noticed before the recent... Uh, COVID virus, a lot of people sat in front of their TV. And the virus hasn't seemed to change that a lot. I've actually had someone tell me they didn't have time to come to our fellowship because they watched TV. It sounds ludicrous, but it's true. Nothing should matter more than our relationship with God. What are we looking forward to? TV or, or an amazing actual future where things will be wonderful and exciting. I'm not kidding you. It says in the Bible the future city will look like gold. If God can do that, he can work things out so that we will have an amazing, fun, blessed, etc. Future king, future life in his kingdom. Revelation 21.18 says, The construction of its wall was of jasper, and the city was pure gold like clear glass. Sometimes aren't you tired of the strife and troubles we face? We don't have to deal we won't have to deal with that in God's future kingdom. In the meantime, keep it together. Keep following God faithfully. Keep his commandments and be at peace. Here are a couple of scriptures that have been key scriptures in my life. Philippians four, six through eight says Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So drop your God and pray more for all that is on your mind. Do some meaningful prayer. Be thankful for all you have. Go to God as much as you need to and have peace in your life. Think good things in your mind and about your fellow believers who are trying to follow God and keep his commandments. Keep good things in your heart and mind. Yaakov makes an agreement with God and asks for his protection. How many of us have made agreements with God and need to keep what we've said? God indeed protects Jacob, and God does bring him back safely to the land of Canaan that God promised him. Perhaps as God had Jacob return to the land of promise, God has always desired that we turn toward him 
and his light and truth and be his people of promise. Some though make worldly things more of an issue than spiritual things. Set your heart on God. Yaakov trusted in God and God blessed him exceedingly. God is big enough to keep his promises to us and to bring us into his future kingdom if we will be obedient to him. Seek God. Nothing matters more than a relationship with God. So I'd like to conclude now with, with a blessing. And the reason I use the name of Yehovah, it actually says in, in Numbers 6.27, you shall put my name on my people. And good heavens, nobody's using God's name and putting his name on, on, on his people. It actually, we've, uh, there, there's a scholar, a Dead Sea scholar, that has actually found the name of God in over, in over uh, 2,363 manuscripts, different manuscripts today, substantiating the name of God is Yehovah. 26 ancient rabbis or rabbis have said that this is the way to pronounce the name of God, including one of the church fathers. So don't be afraid to use his name. And I'm going to use his real name to bless you now. Yehovah bless you and keep you. Yehovah make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Yehovah lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. May God's light shine bright in your heart. May, may, you, may you come to him and know him more deeply. Shabbat Shalom. Shavuotov. Have a good week.